2021 episode one of the Casino Report. Hey, it's been a fantastic break, but here we are again, back into it. Uh, and we've come to you a little bit earlier than we normally would in the season because there's lots of very special, important news happening. We wanted to take it slow to start with this year, but that's never going to happen. As if 2020 was any indicator, 2021 is going to be even crazier. So we, we're back up to a full throttle straight away. Before we get into it, it's going to be a very quick hello to my wonderful co-host, Andra. How are you, my dear? How's the break been? Oh, good. I'm ready for 2020 part two. (laughs) (laughs) 2020.1. Yeah. I'll say to someone the other day, aliens could invade right now and no one would even flinch. They'll be like, yep. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm I'm very, very excited. I was just saying before we kicked off that I missed you guys a lot. We've had a bit of a break and yeah, let's get into it. Indeed, we will. And Manuel Hefe, <laughs> how are you going there, mate? We've, we're, we're suffering through a heat wave here, but I understand it's a little bit colder where you are at the moment. Oh, yes. yes. Hello to everyone. And I, I swear that I would like to be where you are because <laughs> as an African-born person, I love the heat. I hate yep. the cold where we are now. Basically, I am stuck at home because not because of the coronavirus this time, but because there is one meter snow outside. So the car can move. It's incredible. And it's not normal here in Spain. But it seems that for about two or three days, we will have it like this. So, so far, it's a nice looking, a nice view. I tell you (laughs) that in two days, uh, in two days, it will be a nightmare. Indeed. You can go skiing on your swimming pool, (laughs) ice skating on your (laughs) swimming pool. (laughs) He's got an ice rink, not a swimming pool. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so we'll get straight into it. So without further ado. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, the reason that we are here is obviously because there's been breaking news just in the last few days, um, and that news is that the the team manager of the Suzuki X-Star MotoGP team, Davide Brivio himself, the man that has pushed Suzuki since they've come back into MotoGP, all the way back up to the the absolute top of the podium uh, last year, winner of the World Championship, he announced just the other day that he's quitting the team for other adventures as he said so it caught everybody by surprise nobody was expecting it um so we we convened the team here and we're going to cut straight to the boss now and say manuel what's going on why has he done it have you what are you hearing inside the uh, inside the gossip mill okay okay yes the news uh, the news too were astonishing for everyone e- mm-hmm. even for the japanese responsibly in, in japan wow they didn't expected it was such a surprise officially i have spoken obviously i have spoken with people from the team i have spoken with people from uh, suzuki in japan and uh, the official version is that this deal the, this deal came out in the last some say 10 days some say 15 days and by saying each of them saying a different uh, uh, how do you say date Yep. It's obvious that it is. It wasn't like this because mm. then I thought, hang on, ten days. Ah, okay. So he has negotiated all this in Christmas. At Christmas, Merry Christmas, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we don't have. Okay, we cannot. Why should we doubt about what they say? No, but there is a question mark, and there is another interesting point that Brivio made every one of his team everyone from the first person to the last mm-hmm. sign the renovation in November. 
Right. Okay. So, so he, he signed. Everybody else resigned, but he didn't resign. Ah. And the only one who did not was him. Ah, but this was just casual, you know, just uh, coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, <laughs> and that is, and, and, and Stu, you are very much into Formula One, and you know the, let's say, the bitter character of Fernando Alonso, right? He mm -hmm. has, he's not the most nicest guy, despite no, being he, Spanish. That, that's right. Everyone says he's very difficult to work with. He's very, very demanding. A lot of successful people are. Yes. And he signed his return to Formula One, as uh, probably people who listen to us know. And knowing him, do you think that he would not want to know who, is, who was going to run this team? Because exactly. Davide Brivio is switching from MotoGP to F1. That's right. And He's in the F1, the he will team, run. Yeah the Alpine Renault team where this Fernando Alonso is going to race. So there is no way Fernando Alonso not having controlled who would run his team. Mm, exactly. So, okay. This is more or less the sequence. Okay. We, we obviously agree that it has happened only in the last week or 10 days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it looks like a little bit different. Yeah. There's clearly been a lot of planning in the background to, to make this happen. It doesn't happen from one phone call on in Christmas 10 Eve. Days, in 10 no. days. Such a big, uh, because it's the, something big. It's clearly another step for Davide Brivio. So yeah. something big, you don't solve it in a week. No, that's right. And look, to be honest, there's probably also an F1 podcast out there somewhere doing the same episode from the other way around. Because for a guy who has no F1 experience to come in to... Well, we, we don't know what role he's going to be taking in the Alpine team as yet. And we have Cyril Abitaboul, who is the team principal for the Renault, soon to be the Alpine F1 team. He's not going to just step aside. So he's going to still going to be team principal. So the exact role that Brivio is going to be taking is still a, a bit of a, a question mark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we have to explain why Renault choose uh, Brivio. And the, mm. the answer is pretty easy. The CEO of, of Renault, of the whole company, is an Italian. Yeah. An Italian who knows Davide Brivio because in the past he was in charge of Fiat. Mm. And when Fiat turned into the sponsor of Yamaha in the past, this deal was made by Brivio and this guy. So yeah. there is a relationship. Because, it, you know, uh, the, uh, this, uh, I think it's Meo, the guy. But anyhow, this, the CEO of Renault was the one who went to uh, pick up Brivio, clearly. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. He didn't look for that job. He was... Mm -hmm. uh, how do you say he was... Poached? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Could so it, that, that's the situation. Could it be, and I'm... Because I don't understand F1. We know I'm still learning with MotoGP, but... What you guys have spoken about with F1 is there's a clear dominating team, is and from what I know, what I've learned about David Abrivio is that he's such a he's the people person and he gets you know he gets the best out of everyone. Is this perhaps an opportunity to bring a bit more equality into F1? Or... Potentially, yeah. Look, it's it, it, it's a very good move for the Alpine team, mm -hmm. realistically, and for exactly that reason, as, you, as you've said there, Andrew David A, what he's done with the Suzuki team. He's really dragged them up by their bootstraps to become world champions. 
and for Renault to see that kind of professionalism and attitude and, and work ethic that he brings and just the way he works, for him to bring that to the Alpine team for, for 2021 and onwards can only stand for, for success for them. They did a really good job having Ricardo over the last two years who has developed their car massively while, while he was there as well. Um, and they've got um, they, they've, they've really improved their engine resilience as well to the point where by the end of 2020, they've gone from being at the low end of the, of the mid-pack, as it were, to the top end of the mid-pack. So they've made a really big jump. And obviously they're looking at bringing Brivio on board to make that jump into the, into the top three teams. So what you were saying before about how quickly this may have happened, thinking about Suzuki now, would they have, but would Suzuki, were they not aware of this until it got announced or would they would have had a bit of a heads up? I, what I got is that they didn't know what was going on. So what are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's the, the famous. Question. In fact, I spoke with them yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. and they are in a kind of a crisis, obviously <laughs> looking like, oh, oh, you know, the chicken got the head cut. Mm. So mm. the chicken is running around <laughs> without the head on. They could, wouldn't you have know? too many plans in place because you would never have expected it. No, exactly. But I mean, do they really need to panic? I mean, they've got Ken Kawachi over at the team as well, haven't they? So yeah, but is he, look, is he uh, a good fit uh, as team principal? There have been a lot of speculation about names that could uh, substitute uh, Brivio. Mm-hmm. Just a few minutes ago, I got a WhatsApp telling me that Suzuki has decided not to uh, substitute him. I mean, the team would run without him. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me, this is uh, a mistake. Yeah, because it's like a captain without a ship. A ship without a captain, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Brivio has run this team in a very personal way. And the success of Brivio, of Brivio has been his character, the way he has been, he managed the group, the group he built, and the, man, the way he had convinced a mm. very conservative brand as Suzuki to step forward. And this has been absolutely the merit of Brivio. Yeah. Okay. Look, look let's analyze the two things I just explained to you. Suzuki is basically a very, very, it's a family company. Mm-hmm. Okay. The president of Suzuki is Mr. Suzuki. Yeah. And uh, they are very conservative. They are very comfortable in the situation of being around, doing some good results now and then Winning, uh, winning a championship. The last one was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But to face or to fight Dor- uh, Honda or Yamaha, for them is ultra complicated. Because this would mean challenge somebody who is maybe 10 times bigger than you. Yeah. This would mean more resources. This would mean more money. So at the end, Suzuki is comfortable where they were. Davide made them push them forward. Okay, mm-hmm. no, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. Look, a very good example about how conservative Suzuki is and how they doubt every time they have to do, they have to get out of their normal script is the satellite team. Yeah. <laughs> how long 
has it been has, has it been around that the satellite team, the satellite team and Brivio every year? Well, we have decided next season. Next mm -hmm. season. You see, yeah, understand? Yeah. This is exactly a, a, that shows how the company is. Then, on the other side, as manager, the team manager, look, Brivio has built up the team with his people. Yes, he, he did choose at the time very well the people he wanted to work, but very precise. He wanted people that were not uh, uh, problematic, you say problematic? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. You know, people he knew and basically they were 90% were Italians. Yeah. And he was clearly, and I tell you something, the, same, uh, the, the guy um, Brivio leaned on the most was his brother. Okay. That is in the team. Yeah. The yeah. first is he staying? He said, I want. Is he Sorry? staying? Is his brother staying? Yes. Okay. So uh, then, you know, for me, they say, no, we will run the team without a head. Mm, yeah, they nah. have to appoint somebody. Even if, even if it is, I, I keep coming back to Ken. Even if it's someone it, stepping up. And that's right. Yeah, if it's Ken Kawachi or somebody stepping up into the role, they have to appoint someone for that role. Exactly as you say, Manuel. They need a figurehead for the team. They mm. need that person. Yeah, and, and they need transmit confidence to the riders. Exactly. They need to transmit to the mechanics that there is a guy who can lift the arm and say, stop, mm -hmm. enough, yeah. you know? Because they, they, they complain, you know, uh, we do a little parenthesis. The mechanics are beings that basically always complain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I said they're like Look, riders. They, they are not much, much more. They are never happy with the category of the hotel they are sent to. They are never happy with the, the money they have to for, the, for uh, eating. Mm. They are never happy because they, they ride four guys in the same car and they want three. So <laughs> mechanics always push, try to push the limit further. Always. Yeah. It's a characteristic of the mechanics. And probably uh, Edra in the army could be probably the same. Yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> everywhere, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But therefore, they need somebody who is nice to them, but at the same time, who can, you know, uh, put the barrier at a certain point, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, you're right. Then, they need that person who can do that. That's right. Okay, then look, let's try to think how how the procedure to find a substitute to to Davide. Okay. The first thing, the logical thing is to see if inside the actual structure, there is somebody who can replace it. Yeah. That would be the most easiest way because this person would know the system. This person would know the people. The yeah, people exactly. would know their own. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, you mentioned the Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, no, Ken, Ken something is his name. Ken Kobachi. I don't remember. Yep. Kobachi. He's an engineer. So he's not a manager, he's an engineer and he's a very, he's a super nice guy, but he's very kind of shy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he has not the, that leader uh, profile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I have heard that uh, Davide tried, tried to promote one guy inside the team called Manuel Cazox, 
who is the chief mechanic of Alex Rins. Alex Rins, yeah, that's right. He is, yeah. Yes, he's an Argentinian ex-Ducati mm -hmm. electronic engineer. Yep. And I, I have heard that the Japanese have, have said no. Okay. Then, if, if you don't find the, the person inside your structure, the next step is to look around in the paddock. Mm -hmm. If there is somebody who is not satisfied where he is, or if there is a profile that is interesting for you. Mm -hmm. Correct? Okay, then a list, a list appeared, not that long, but a list appeared. One option is uh, Livio Supo, ex-Honda manager, mm -hmm. ex-Ducati manager, successful with Stoner, who is uh, free, who has left the championship and is doing bicycles, electric mm -hmm. bicycles. He's building bicycles for Ducati, by the way. Huh. But... Uh, I don't know any other person who is less loved in the world than Supo. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know one person who likes him, basically, you know, because he, yeah. his way of managing was, when he was there, very tough. He made okay. a lot of no friends, let's call, not enemies. Let's call, <laughs> he made a lot of no friends. Yeah. Can they so steal someone from F1? If it's about people management and team management, does it have to be from the paddock or? Well, no, normally, F1 to MotoGP mm -hmm. is like stepping down first and it's another environment. I think it would, and we have seen what has happened with the manager of Aprilia who arrived from, from the Formula One, okay. from Ferrari, in fact. Yeah. And he is like, you know, still trying to understand MotoGP. Okay. Mm. Okay, then another name that appeared was Davide Tardozzi, manager of Ducati. Oh, okay. So I phoned to Davide Tardozzi and he told me, no, I can't because I have a contract for 20 until 2022. Right. Okay. There you go. You heard it first here, guys. <laughs> and then I tell you, I, I am discovering how bastard sometimes we journalists are. What you <laughs> just realized. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, what, look what I did. Look what I did. Because I was thinking, who, who could be this guy? Then I thought, you know, that team that uh, Brivio created is basically an Italian team. And all of them are very linked to Valentino. Mm -hmm. Rossi. So I said, ah, I said, Pablo Nieto. Who runs actually Moto Two and Mot who run Moto Two and Moto Three team for Valentino Rossi? Yep, and he's a Spaniard and he lives close here to me. So, Edra, learn this. I sent him a WhatsApp, ping ping. I said, "Congratulations, Pablo, oh, as the as the yeah. new Suzuki manager." <laughs> and he wrote and, back. I got <laughs> and I waited like this, and then suddenly. The telephone rang. <laughs> cool. Pablo Nieto. Yep. <laughs> so uh, he said, who told you? <laughs> no way. <laughs> really? Yeah. Look at this. Who told you? I said, 
I said, no, I said to him, no, no, I just was thinking, speculating. And he said to me, Dorna called me one hour ago. Oh. <laughs> and wow. I said, and I said, sorry, Dorna. I said, yes. Dorna called me and now they said, I am on the list. <laughs> well, he's on Which the list. didn't meant that he was confirmed, but they said, I am on the list to substitute Davide Suzuki. Wow. And did he tell you <laughs> who else is on the list? No. But who else did you said, message? <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's not sure yet. I uh, Honda uh, Dorna thinks that I could be a good profile. And see, and see, and mm -hmm. see. But I don't know. He said, obviously, I would like to because it's a big step forward. Pa, 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 pa. You're so a good journalist, you know, Manuel. How, how <laughs> So there, uh, you, you it, heard it it's here paid, first, folks. It, it, it's not Tarazzi, it's going to be Nieto. Yeah, no, you, uh, you know, in Spain we say I threw green and I I got mature, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, well, so, I remember that. Now, this Do you genuinely yesterday. think he's, he's a chance or? Yeah, look, uh, character wise, mm -hmm. he's a little bit like Brivio. He's a guy who stays in the shadow, he's, yep. he doesn't like protagonism. You know, and he knows how to deal with Italians, which is not easy. Yep. Uh, and coming from a Valentino environment, the team, the team members will respect him. Yeah, and exactly. Remember that being a manager in that team, he won two championships: one with Morbidelli uh, and the other one with Bagnaia. Mm. Okay, so profile-wise. He could be an option. But as I told you before, I received today a WhatsApp telling me that Suzuki probably won't look for any anybody, which for me is strange. But so far, the, there is no decision officially has been taken. Right? Mm, okay. That message you received, was that generally out to the media pack? That wasn't just directed. No. That was all of the media. No, no. Received this that is message, one, yeah? of these, one of these... Um, messengers no, how how is the hang on hang on let me tell you yeah, let okay. me tell you because we know that whatsapp is um telegram it came through telegram pigeon came through the window with a thing around it, so. <laughs> <laughs> that cannot be tracked by the way <laughs> brilliant okay okay look we have seen we have seen the 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 trajectory of the, the timing of that. We have seen the possible, how the substitute can arrive, if mm -hmm. there is one. The next thing I think we should ask, why did Brivio take this decision? He was mm. at the top of the wave, winning a championship with, a, with the second lowest budget of the championship, mm -hmm. he won the title, mm -hmm. no, but he left. What else is and then uh, analyzing, analyzing the story. Look, the story of Brivio is very interesting. The first image I remember of Davide in the championship was, where, uh, you know, being the assistant wearing the helmet uh, yeah. of Noriyuki Haga, Stu, the one you will know. Haga-san, nice. Haga-san in Number 2002. 41. Wow. In 2002. Yep. Before that, Brivio 
was team principal of Yamaha in World Superbike. Yep. So when the when MotoGP changed from two-stroke to four-stroke, Yamaha brought all the Superbike team to the yes, Grand Prix, and I that's where Brivi yep. arrived. Okay. Yep. Okay. So 2002, he arrives at the championship. In 2003, Brivio understands that Valentino is unhappy in Honda mm -hmm. and approaches Valentino to try to push him to Yamaha. <laughs> yep. You will see how smart he is. And then in 2004, Andra, Brivio convinces Valentino to switch from a winning bike to a bike that had not won for years. And Ow. Valentino made the step. And this was the merit of Davide Brivio. Yep. In fact, by doing this, he was promoted to manager of Yamaha. Then comes the story of winning. I think it was, there was three titles with Valentino in Yamaha with Brivio as manager. When Brivio leaves Yamaha at the end of 2000, no, when Valentino leaves Yamaha, 2010, Brivio has to leave Yamaha because their, image, their images were linked. Yeah. <clears throat> so look the story. So Brivio for a while starts to, he works as a, in the shadow of Valentino, but in a private way. Yeah, I remember he was an independent consultant, wasn't he? Exactly. At Ducati okay. somewhere, yeah. And now I tell you, now it comes to a story that, um, how can, how you know, a story that I have not confirmed. I have not, it has not been officially confirmed. Let's say like this. <laughs> officially. <laughs> What I know or what I heard, let's say, what I heard is that at the end of 12, 2012, Andra, when Valentino, after two miserable years in Ducati, he has to leave to Ducati. It seems and it could have happened that he sent Brivio to Japan to visit Suzuki. Because Valentino was looking for a door out from Ducati and return to another bike. He he. It could have happened that he sent uh, Brivio to ask Suzuki about their MotoGP plans. Remember too that they were out of the championship. They were in there then. Yeah, but Suzuki at that time was right. off the championship and they were returning. But mm. when the they this was. 2012, right? Mm -hmm. But Suzuki delayed its return to 2014. Mm. So there was no option for uh, Valentino getting on a Suzuki. So at the end, he returned to Yamaha. Yeah. But in the background, Brivio that makes perfect took sense. a role with Suzuki in 2013 to, to help them build the and contact, build team. The contact with it may have happened that the contact from Brivio opened the door of what came later. Mm -hmm. You understand? Okay. So if you see this, all this CV, what else could Brivio do in MotoGP? 
he's kind Nothing. of like yeah exactly the only he's, thing he's, he could do is to do it even that would be very difficult suzuki winning two championship or worse mm -hmm. so he has left at the point where all of us would uh, dream of leaving a situation you know mm -hmm. being at the top exactly he yeah. has left he has left all the doors open imagine yeah. anytime he will return everyone will have him would like to have him yeah exactly and even if he goes if, if he decides to go to another team if he went to aprilia or ktm and and help them win a championship within two or three years he's just doing the same thing again so it's not really another challenge for him it's just repeating no, the same he, kind of thing he can he can he could only even or fail so what he does mm. he went to another place which for him is a big challenge mm. And he likes cars as well. He's, he's, he's big in rally driving as well, so he likes his... Exactly. That's what, yeah. that's what I was going to, because the second reason why he left... Look, I have been... Uh, I have a, a very, very... Not very, quite close relationship with Brivio. You know, mm -hmm. basically in the, in, the, in the circuits, we had breakfast together every morning. And it was interesting, and now I realize the things, because... At the end, all the conversations ended him talking about cars. Yeah. He, he was or he is into cars as much or even more than he is into motorbikes. That's mm -hmm. right. And there is another thing. You know that Valentino at the end of the seasons, of all the season, he normally raced in a, a Monza Valley. Yes. Rally, yeah. rally cars. And the one who built up the team and prepared the, the, the cars was always Brivio. Mm -hmm. And Brivio himself also raced sometimes in that Mozart. So, you know, he liked, so at the end for him, it's a, a dream. Yeah, With it's, it's, all this success, he well, switches. Yeah. Why not? So it's very interesting, isn't it? So, so at the end, if you follow, there is always a bang, bang, bang. And then the last point we have to I would like to go through is, and now what? What is happening with the MotoGP Suzuki project, whose spirit was uh, Davide Brivio? It's clear. Mm, so yeah, exactly. I explained you that he has been the one who. Yeah, sorry. Yes, too. No, no, you go. You go. No. The thing is that I, as explained, he has been the one who has pushed Suzuki forward. Now, suddenly, this figure gets out of the picture. So Suzuki is like, uh, mm. and now what? Rightly mm. so, yep. And that's why if they don't put another person there, they will go back to their conservative, they will, you know, yeah. back to the shell, I would say. Yeah. So what I, do you think, what will we see this year as a result of that, do you think? How will it change what know. we say? I don't know. It depends the decision Suzuki takes. Yeah, and I, I, I liken it to like for, for re realistically for me when I sat and thought about this for more than five minutes, uh, and and I thought about that exact quandary as as you would say that, that you were just describing there, Manuel. You know, the, you've got this figurehead who's driven the team forward so well for the last seven years. Um, you you remove that person. I think even if they do put someone else in, it doesn't matter who they put in. They've got a certain way of functioning and they're used to a certain way of being driven, you know, being, being motivated. I liken it to when um, Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United. Very, very successful. 
he spent the last five or seven years of his tenure at Manchester United setting up the system so it could function without him. But it didn't matter. As soon as he stepped down, and they had they brought other amazingly successful managers and coaches in there over the over the years afterwards, but they could never True. repeat that same kind of success. And and I sort of I sort of think about that as well. It's very much that figurehead, that person, the Brivio, Sir Alex Ferguson sort of person at the top. For for you and me, they they just are a figurehead, but within the team, they're more than that. They're they're the gel that holds the team together. Just a captain of the ship, like Manuel said. Exactly, yeah, and they they risk losing that. They they Mm. really need to at least appoint someone into into the role and just carry on functioning the team in the same way that Brivio did. I imagine, and uh, look, uh, I am nobody to. to give advices or to explain to Suzuki, no? but what is clear is if they try to look for another David de Brivio, it's a mistake. Yeah. Because the original is always better than any copy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. they, it's a difficult task they have in front, and especially because, guys, this will start in 30 days. <laughs> 30 break, days. Break. That's, that's, that's <laughs> 30 days. No, I mean, so th- this person, or is it a person that, you know, it will need some time, I think. I don't know, because it's starting yeah. in 30 days, or yeah. it's scheduled to start in 30 days. We will see what happens. Yeah, but it's scheduled yeah. to start in 30 days. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah let's see what happens. That's, and I know, it. I know, look, I know that, for example, Joan Mir is. A, he didn't. He didn't know as well. So for him, it's like a shock, you know. Because, wow. so what? What is going to happen? I am the world champion. I want to go out with, you know, like mm-hmm. being the world champion. And how is it going to work? Because mm-hmm. David had everything under control. He was the one who pushed the Japanese. So, as a rider, he is like. <gasps> and he's never ridden in MotoGP under anybody else. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. That's going to be very interesting, indeed. So that, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the, the 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 Brivio conundrum. Uh, it's not going to be Tardozzi. It may well be Nieto, uh, but regardless who it, who it does end up being, even if it's nobody, as Suzuki say, keep your eye on the Pacino Report podcast or Pacino GP because the man himself has clearly got the inside line on what's going on. That's it. Let's see. I I imagine that in the next days something will come out. Has to come out. Yeah, yeah. You would. To tranquilize, you know, to to uh, tranquilize all the people. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. So before we before we sign off, I also need to mention the the other piece of media that's that's been in the in, 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 all over the, the internet, all over the airways for the last few days, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And it was um, Aspargaro being uh, presented with his with with his new HRC. I, I take it we all saw that video, yeah. I didn't recognize him because he was smiling so much. Have you ever seen him so happy? No. He's like a kid. Like a he's kid with like new a, shoes. Exactly. He's, he, he's clearly somebody who has uh, fulfilled his dreams, no? Oh, I, 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 yeah. He, he looks like a different person to who I thought he was. Exactly. Yeah. We, we saw him so serious and, and, and miserable most of the time uh-huh. in, in 2020, but that is absolutely fantastic. That's really good to see. And it's weird seeing that seeing that HRC with a completely different new number on the front mm-hmm. of it as well. That's really cool. And who's he going to ride with? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, Sandra. That's that's the big question because 
I don't know if people realize that at this point, there is one rider missing in the Repsol team. You know? mm -hmm. And we are talking of, of, about the most important team in the paddock. And basically they have just confirmed one rider. Yeah. That's it. So Any so rumors? Anyone yeah, you've messaged? Man, can you message some people and go, oh, I heard. <laughs> Don't tell me it's going to be a leash. <laughs> no, look, uh, uh, for me, for me, um, you know how critical I have been with the managing of Honda. Yeah. Uh, and rightly so. Yeah. yeah. But this time, in my opinion, I have to applause how the timing they are using. I explain mm -hmm. you why. Okay, it's a, it's a month to start this, the preseason, correct? Mm -hmm. And they don't have a rider, but they, if you analyze it, they are not in a hurry. They don't have to be in a hurry. Why? Because they have Paul Espargaro as one rider, and then there are three riders to ride this second bike, three options, okay? The owner of the bike, who is Mark Marquez, Stefan Bradel, who is uh -huh. signed from the, for them as test rider. He's a good and then, yep. and then there is the famous Andrea Dovizioso, who could jump in at a certain point. But the negotiation with Dovizioso have been frozen. And have been frozen correctly, in my opinion, because Dovizioso has no other place to go to. Mm -hmm. You know, he will or ride a Honda or stay at home. So, so at this moment, Honda has no hurry. So he's there. And what is doing Honda? Honda is basically waiting for the examination that Mark Marquez will go through in the next uh, days. The doctors will analyze how the evolution of his uh, uh, arm is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is humorous. and then they will have a better idea of the timing of Mark Marquez's comeback. Have you heard any more about that, or is it just waiting on? No, if you that no, if you see all the photos that he gets, he he appears with his arm like uh -huh. this. How do you call it? Like in this, a sling. And with a, in a sling. And in a sling with a carbon fiber okay. um, cover. Yep. And I I have uh, been told that. He goes to with his brother to the um, training, to his brother's training with motocross and everything. But mm -hmm. he always stay at the side of the track. Yep. You know, this time the good are is resting. Good. <laughs> correctly, the timings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Okay. So imagine only. So we don't know when he returns. Correct. Mm -hmm. He may return, as we have spoken, and he may be able to ride the bike in May. So imagine, only imagine something. Imagine that Honda signs with Dovizioso. And then... Well, they'd have, Marcus, to, yeah, they'd have to sign him. They can't get him temporarily, can they? Or they would actually... No, because Dovizioso says, says that he wants full season. Yeah. Fair. Some reasons. So imagine only how the, the figure Honda would do if they sign and suddenly Marcus returns and they have two riders for one bike. Mm. Yeah. We would massacre the manager, you know? Yeah. And there is another important thing. Honda is not only waiting for Mark Marcus recovery, they are waiting to know the reality of the championship. Yeah. 
because this calendar that is there officially, you can find on the website of the FIM, it's fake. It's completely yeah. fake. It's not going to uh, happen. Like you know, that, no in, in fact, the second race in Argentina and the third race in Texas will not happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So imagine again, Honda signs uh, Dovizioso. Then, for any reason, we have we are seeing how the pandemic is evolving. The championship starts to delay the start, or there will be a lot of cancellation. And then, the Marquez real championship the... starts in June, and then appears Marquez, and they have signed, yeah. spent yeah. a lot of money, signed another, and they look like a clown with a red nose. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so therefore, in my opinion, Honda is acting in a positive way because yeah. they have always the option of Stefan Brade like they did before. Yeah. If they see that Marquez can return after two, three races, why signing a guy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think, Manuel? Do you think he'll be back from, from what you're hearing? He will come back? Ah, look, I don't know the decision they're going to take. I think uh, we explained it here in another episode. After the third operation, the doctor said he will be fit to ride in April. He could be fit to race in May. He will be fully recovered. His nerve, will yeah. radial nerve, mm -hmm. would be fully recovered in September. That's another year then. Yes, but he can race from May to September, not in full 100% Mm -hmm. fitness but we have seen rider racing with broken feet and whatever so yeah. what is the decision of do we let him race being 70 80 percent or this time will we wait until he's better percent to get yeah. him 100 which you think this they'd is, go with that option after what happened i don't know this would be the logical but we are talking about racing where mm -hmm. everything uh, you know, the, the thinking goes yeah. in another way. Stu, yep. what do yeah, you think? There's, I suppose that the two schools of thinking are when you look at a 70% Marquez versus 100% Bridal, you're going to get similar results on, uh, over the finish line. You know, it's, he's going to be you know, somewhere around the bottom of the top 10, probably, or may, maybe you know, somewhere in the middle of the top 10. So when you purely look at results from, from Honda's point of view, it makes sense just to put Bradle on the bike and not risk Marquez. Get him but fully recovered. Marquez, exactly. But when you look at a Marquez point of view, if he can ride two or three races and get somewhere between fifth and tenth, that's points. And then Otherwise, nearly two the, seasons off. Yeah. Yeah. Then, the, the yeah problem, and then you the, come back the, for the second half of the championship, mm. he's still in with a chance of winning. The problem, Stu, is that the phase between 70% and 100% is risky. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Would we, we criticals, forgive Honda if in that period he has an accident and his recovery steps back? Yeah, never. You know, who would assume? I, I all, who would yeah, assume? Exactly. Exactly. I I already kind of don't forgive them for agreeing to put him back on the bike that second time when he had that second crash as it, as it was. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I think they went too far there. So these are the two situations we have that have moved uh, all this in the in the first weeks here in January. And in the yeah. next episode, I am going <laughs> to tell our listeners the surprising metamorphosis 
you understand that word? Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Metamorphosis, my dear Maverick Vinales went through this winter. Oh, I like him a lot. I appreciate him a lot. But hey. he has turned like, a, how do you say? He looks a like warm me. Into, into, he has turned from a warm into a butter. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a dad bod. Serious? <laughs> he's got a dad bod. No, he's no, all soft he, and squishy. He has, he has done a lot of no, changes in eating. His, uh, sport approach we will comment this in the next episode keep cool. linked because things won't change in a week oh of course not nothing could ever ever possibly change in a week could it <laughs> indeed okay ladies and gentlemen there you go you heard it first here so uh, yeah we, we had we've got the, the lowdown on brivia we've got uh, the news on paula spargro and we've got some more news on uh, on mark marquez Welcome to 2021. We, if you thought we were going to start off slow, you, nope. you've got rocks oh, in your no. head. Wrong number. Wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it so, on. Yep. Next next episode, we're going to be covering the zombie invasion and the. Uh, oh the yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that lasts. I'm going to hide in Queenstown in Tasmania, which nice. is the, <laughs> in the most Zealand. isolated place I have been in my life. Oh my god. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Okay. So, yeah, Andrew, have you Ciao, got some thanks. messages for the listeners before we before we uh, sign off? I do. Make sure you've subscribed to us so you get your notifications as soon as we drop a new episode. If you love what you're hearing, please tell your friends. Get it out there to everyone. We are growing, but just yep, give us a hand and push that along. Message us. Um, send pictures. We're everywhere. We nudes. Send, send Stu, nudes. Stu wants nudes. <laughs> <laughs> no we do we love it tell you tell your friends about it if you if you love it if you hate it tell us about it let us know what we can change exactly 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 we, yeah, learn, get, get we learn from haters so we do it's all about okay. growth it, exactly. it is indeed so i'm going to go back to my back to my brisbane lockdown now i can't leave my house for the next week so i've got a uh, i've got a good a good supply of uh, of whiskey and coke so that that's me for the week what are you doing Stu, for the rest Stu, of the week Stu, by the way by the way doing? is this new painting behind you new, is that painting with the horse the one with the boobs on it that's my is wife. that new yeah is that, that, that the, the christmas present yeah this is a uh, this is a famous comic book artist called uh, simon bisley who uh, who I, I i used to grow up in the in the 80s and 90s reading comics that he drew he started a whole new genre of, of comic art and then he went on to to go and do lots of other commissions and paintings and stuff and this is a painting he did for somebody else quite a few years ago but then i picked it up it's an original painting and um, one of his wow. smaller pieces and I, I picked it up and and i thought that actually looks surprisingly like my wife so it's uh, it's very well, appropriate well, so and i have to well. say i know that our audio guy may be the child of that woman but she's a hottie yeah. <laughs> in, in English man world we have a saying if if um if, if the wife is too good looking for the man then we say that that man's punching above his weight so that's uh, yeah I'm quite happy that I'm, I'm punching above my weight just a little bit I don't I don't know why she's just done it lucky beautiful. you lucky you lucky you indeed yeah, yeah. so what what have okay, you got guys. next next week or so man well what are you what are you doing to keep you busy Look, uh, <laughs> sweeping snow out of his driveway or something. Ask, ask me about uh, this afternoon maybe i can tell you but not not further because what? you're having a siesta siesta is this is holy siesta a day without a siesta is not a day yeah, yeah. por favor do you eat three times a day 
Edra? Oh, no, way more than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I may but yes. eat twice, but twice, but the siesta is the siesta. It's always there. Happen. Indeed. Well, yeah, you enjoy exactly. that night, and ladies and gentlemen, you you get out there, uh, get get to see whatever motorsport you can in the off season. I know it's terrible, but watch the reruns of last year and uh, re relive twenty twenty. And who knows, as Manuel says, less than 30 days before testing starts again, 2021 season is here. It's coming soon. We'll see you again, guys. See Take you care. soon. Stay upright. <laughs>